We know he was close because when Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me, Peter, who's not sitting next to Jesus, you've got to wonder what he thought about that. Peter, who's not next to Jesus, motions to John, ask him who he's talking about. And it seems kind of undercover because, at least in my mind, I would think if Jesus announced it to everybody, it would have been like, kill the traitor, you know? I mean, Peter did have an incident with swords coming up. So Peter's going, John, ask him who it is. And Jesus says, it's the person who dips in the same bowl as me. And then I, I imagine he reached to the left, and Judas is right around this area. I imagine Judas possibly, speculation, possibly could have been directly next to Jesus, which is the place of a close friend. He's close enough to dip in the same bowl, regardless. Something else happens at the meal that really mars the, the occasion. They start arguing about who's the greatest. Now, they've had this argument before. You know, you, you can see it playing out again. You know, maybe they have new information this time. Did you see the demon I cast out last week? Well, do you see where John's sitting? He, he's, he must be the... We, we don't know who said what. We only know that there's 12 disciples there with Jesus, and they start arguing about who is the greatest. Maybe they're worried about where they're sitting in relation to Christ. Maybe they're thinking about the disciples that were given the task of getting the meal together. Maybe they smell feet. And they wonder why no one has washed feet at this meal. Peter, John, why didn't you schedule the servant to wash the feet? Quite the oversight. Who's going to take care of it? You can see how a question of greatness would come up under these circumstances. Who's sitting close to Jesus? Why aren't the feet washed? Who's going to do that terrible job? Well, I'm greater. And then at some point... Certainly it must be in response to all of that garbage. Jesus quietly stands up, takes off his outer garments, ties a towel around his waist, stoops down, and begins to wash the disciples' feet. And you see him doing it, and he's going down the line, And Peter sees that he's coming up. And Peter's thinking, this is incredibly not Messiah-like. Rabbis don't do this. Messiahs don't do this. I said he was the Christ and he accepted that. This is not what Messiahs do. And so when he gets to Peter, Peter's ready to go. Lord, you are going to wash my feet? The Greek kind of emphasizes this. You are going to wash me? Like, you're up here. I'm down here. You don't wash me. And Jesus responds gently with, you don't understand what I'm doing right now, but later you'll understand. It's kind of like, trust me. Trust me. Ever done that as a parent? your children trust me 
I know this doesn't make sense right now, but if you do it this way, it will make sense. And Peter, like a child, says, No, Lord, you will never wash my feet. Again, the Greek is very emphatic. Like, never, ever will you wash my feet. Not the first time he's rebuked Jesus. Can't go well from there. And so Jesus ups the ante too. And instead of the gentle, you don't understand, Peter. Now Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. Goodbye. See ya. The door's right there. If I don't wash you, you have no part of me. And a stunned Peter says, well, that's how it is. If following you means getting washed, then wash my head and my hands. You know, I must need the whole thing. If that's what it means to follow you, I want the whole bath. And Jesus says, Peter, again, you don't get it. You're already clean. You already took a bath. You don't need me to do that. You are already clean. Although there is one person in this room that's not clean. Speaking of Judas. A person only needs his feet washed. And so then Peter submits to the washing of feet by the Master. Would you turn to John chapter 13? John chapter 13. It's not Palm Sunday. It's Thursday. They'd seen the crowd celebrate Jesus for who he really is, the king. It's just not very king-like tonight. John 13. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved, those, having loved his own who were in the world, he, sh- he loved them to the end. Verse 2, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power and that he, he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to them, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath only need to wash their feet. Their whole body's clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that's why he said, not every one was clean. When he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set for you an example. You should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Now that you know these things, 
You will be blessed if you do them. Here's what I want to do this morning. Uh, Jesus says to Peter, you don't understand what's going on now. Later you'll understand. What was it that Peter was supposed to understand later? What was it that makes more sense later on this whole foot washing thing? I want to... I want to offer just some reflections on that question. What did Peter need to learn? Seven, to be exact. Point six and point seven, towards the end, are more like when Jesus makes his final point about what the foot washing is. So those are like the clear ones, point six and seven. Points one through five are definitely there, though. And I think we need to pay attention to those as well. As Peter reflected on this night, these are maybe some of the things he was thinking later. Number one, Peter needed to understand how much Jesus loved him. I don't think foot washing makes as much sense apart from the cross. So so the whole later thing is, you know, we know and John says uh, that that, that the love, the ultimate display of love is, is the cross. This is love, not that we love God, but God loved us and sent His Son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We know love because of the cross. So this act of foot washing is just a beautiful display of that love before the cross. And I think it's wonderful because you think Jesus knows what's going to happen to Him. He knows the suffering He's going to undergo. And yet, He's still thinking about loving His disciples right there. That's verse 1. Having loved those who were His in the world... He showed them the full extent of his love. And I'm thinking, you have so many other things to think about, Christ. But right now you're just thinking of taking care of your disciples and just loving them well. It's a beautiful picture, foot washing, because I'm never going to die on the cross for anyone. I'm not. In fact, I'm probably not going to die for anyone. unless the Lord has a different plan in mind. And yet, we can love people through foot washing. That is, we can take care of people's needs that they have as an act of love for them. Love requires no uh, payback. It's a gift. It's a gift. So maybe we need to think together and maybe some of you, what you need to reflect on this morning is, has, has someone ever done something for you and you immediately think, what am I going to do to pay them back for it? Just, just let them love you. Have any of you in your marriage ever uh, seen your spouse do something for you, a kind act, and you think to yourself, well, they, yeah, they owe that to me. How's that work in your marriage? Does that build you up? Probably not. Acts of love are free. They're done freely. They're received freely. It's love. And Jesus says, we've got to be characterized by loving each other well. Number two. Peter also needed to understand how to love an enemy. Because you know, very soon, Peter's going to chop off a guy's ear. That's what I do to enemies. 
And, and, and yet you see at the beginning of John 13, it says Satan had entered into Judas already to betray Jesus. So before the foot washing happens, this whole Judas thing is already set in motion. It, it's happening. And Jesus knows it. And, and I, can, I can see Jesus in my mind's eye stooping down, unclasping Judas's sandal and looking up at him with love and compassion and forgiveness. And don't you got to wonder what Judas was feeling in that moment. This is how you love an enemy. You wash their feet. You do something incredibly deep for them. Let's back off of that a little bit and just say, this is what you do for people who you don't get along with well. People who rub you the wrong way. People that... We are so weak as people. I'm so weak. Some of us, we walk into the same room with that person that irks us, and we don't even want to look their way, right? You've been there. You don't even want to look their way. And here's Jesus saying, no, no, you don't get it. Stoop down, serve them. I don't even want to look that way. No, no, I want you to look that way and walk over and love. <laughs> you know, we just... We just want to like peacefully coexist, right? Like we, we can get along. We, we can make this. No, Jesus says, I want you to take the extra steps and love them, even though they irk you. And how irked do you think Jesus was about Judas? You've been with me three years and you do this to me? And yet he would do that for Judas? We, we got this enemy thing all wrong. And, and we got this people that I don't like thing all wrong. I'll just avoid them. Okay. Number three. I love this one. Oh, I, I wrestled over this word all week long, if this was the right word to choose for this. How to lay aside your dignity. Here, here's the problem I think Peter has. When Peter says, Lord, you are going to wash my feet, the idea is, Messiahs don't do that. It's not appropriate you're a rabbi. Do you know, in the Talmud, which is kind of like this collection of Jewish writings, they would write about like really practical, how do you do life stuff, you know, and, and, and different rules. There's, there's, a, there's a rule in the Talmud, again, not in the same love of the Bible at all, but the rabbis are, are arguing about this, and, and they come to the conclusion that if you're a disciple of a rabbi, so, so it, it, you know, you've got a teacher and you're following him, you're the student. Is it appropriate for you to take off the sandals of your rabbi, keeping in mind that you're walking around all over the place and your sandals would be caked with mud, dirt, dung? Is it appropriate for you to take off that rabbi's sandals? And the answer they came up with was no. You shouldn't do it. Because if you're a disciple and you take off your rabbi's shoes, you look like a slave. You look like a slave. And slaves do slave work. Disciples and students do student work. So don't touch your rabbi's sandals. That's too demeaning. They made a rule about it. Now, there was another rule that came after it, and another rabbi said, now wait, 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 wait. If you're wearing a phylactery, remember those things? 
in the Old Testament, they would, they would tie portions of Scripture to their head, you know? They would say, no, wait a minute. If you're wearing a phylactery, then it's okay because then you look like a disciple and not like a slave, but you don't want to look like a slave. Don't look like a slave. That's demeaning. That's beneath you. And here's Jesus totally turning that around and saying, I don't care. I'm the rabbi and I'm going to wash your feet. Let's argue about that. There's no rules for that. That's so far out of their thinking. They don't, they don't even know to make a rule about that. By the way, some of you are thinking right now, um, John the Baptist said this, right? Just, just an aside. John the Baptist says, I'm not even worthy to unclasp the Christ's sandals. Remember that? Do you know what? A, that's one of the most humble statements in the Bible. Do you know that? Because you had to be a slave or a low, low, low servant to do that job of unclasping the sandal and washing the feet. That's the lowest of the low. And John the Baptist is saying, I'm not even worthy to touch. I'm actually below slave when it comes to who the Christ is. Well, that's amazing. Dignity, I wrestled with that word because uh, I, I don't mean dignity in this way. You were created in the image of God. You have, as a human being, you have dignity. If someone is abusing you, then they are doing something that is taking away your dignity. And they, they can't do that. You, you have dignity. You don't deserve that. I guess I could say they're not taking away your dignity. They're acting like you don't have dignity. And that's wrong. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when, when you say, even though this seems like the job of someone low, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Even though it seems like I shouldn't because I'm above it all, I'm not above it all. I'm going to do it. Um, oh, this is, this is when you make your youth group kids scrub toilets, you know, in the, in, in the gas station bathrooms, you know. You heard about churches doing that? You know, you, you think bathroom, you know. I clean a church bathroom, that's one thing, but, but um, the gas station bathroom, no. I'll clean my bathroom, yes. Actually, Christy does that. Um, but the gas station bathroom, no. But, but, really? We can, and we do. And, and the disciples are shocked that Jesus would stoop so low. But I want you to think about Philippians 2 for a second. Remember Philippians 2? It says, even though he considered equality with God, uh, even though he was equal with God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. That's Jesus taking off his robes at the Last Supper. He's taking off the robes of the rabbi. Taking off the glory of heaven. And then he wraps a towel around his waist. Remember Philippians 2? He took on the form of a what? A servant. That's Philippians 2. He made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant. That's the wrapped towel around the waist. And then finally it says, he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And that is the foot washing element. He died to wash away your sins. So even though the disciples, their minds are getting blown right now, Jesus could have said something like this. Guys, 
Remember how I told you I came from the Father? Remember I told you one day you're going to see the Son of Man in his glory? When I came from heaven to earth, don't you think that was a bigger step from heaven to the, the sweat and blood and tears and pain of earth? Isn't that harder than taking off a robe and putting on a towel and washing some dirty feet? Like, what, what's harder, really? To give up the glory of heaven or to take off a robe and put on a towel and look at your feet? Jesus stepping into earth is so much greater. And he put aside his heavenly dignity to come here and be undignified, to be crucified. One of the ugliest things that could ever happen to a person. Totally undignified. Are there jobs that are beneath us? Are there things we won't do because we're just above all that? Seems like it shouldn't be. Number four, uh, Peter needed to learn how to be served. How to be served. For Peter, like we said, again, it was this whole thing of Messiahs don't serve me. That, that's not how it works. Uh, so, so for him, a great person shouldn't serve a low person. For us, I think it looks a little bit different in American culture. Try this one on. Some of us need to learn how to be served in this way. What if someone that you consider lower than you served you? Maybe they make less money, don't live in as nice a house, car. Maybe their life is really hard right now. They're the last person you think would be serving you, and yet they serve you. Do you accept it? Or does your pride get in the way? Well, let me get out my wallet, you know, and I need to pay you for this. And they say, no, no, I, I, I refuse to accept any money. This is service. No, you really need to accept money from me. No, really, it's service. I'm not saying you can't offer someone some money. I've done that too, you know. Um, someone jump starts my car, you know, in the, in the dead cold of winter. I might offer them something. That, that's, that's courteous. But do you need to offer it so that you feel more justified in yourself, that your pride is preserved? I think we have a problem with people of lower stature in our mind. Again, there are no lower stature people. We're equal. But in our mind, when they serve us, it kind of wrecks the pride thing a little bit. Or maybe when they're above us and they're doing better than us and they serve us, and then we go, oh, you know, there's so-and-so bailing me out again, helping me out. Some of us need to learn just how to receive service and just rest in the fact that you're loved. You're loved. And you can't pay him back. You don't need to pay him back. You just need to keep loving other people. That, that's the lesson there. Just love. Go out and love. How, do you, how are you served? And then number five, how to simply submit. So Jesus says, Peter, you don't understand what's happening now, but later you'll understand, and I'm guessing that's after the cross. After the cross, you will understand. As a believer of many years, I understand why God commands most of the things he commands. I get it. If you were to ask me, why is this wrong? Why is it wrong to lie? Why is it wrong to lust? Why is it wrong to, you know, if you were to ask me reasons for rules, I could give them to you. I could tell you biblical reasons. Sometimes, though, we go down a path and it just doesn't seem to make sense to do the right thing. 
Or sometimes God leads us in a particular part of his will for us, and it's just really hard. Maybe it's the death of a loved one. That's got to be one of the hardest. And the question is, will I simply submit even though I'm ignorant of all of the reasons why this is happening? Will I obey even though I don't understand if it's really going to help to obey, practically speaking? If I come clean on this, I could lose my job. But will you obey? Will you simply submit even though you don't understand how it's going to work or why it is this way? And there's times Jesus is going to say to you, you don't understand now. You'll get it later. For now, just do what I tell you. Number six, how to accept his full cleansing. His full cleansing. So, Jesus says to Peter, um, I love this because, you know, they're talking and, and, and Peter's like, you know, oh, I, you have to wash my feet or I have no part of you, then wash my head and my hands. Give me the full, the full work. And Jesus says, no, 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 you are already clean, Peter. I mean, don't take this too far. You are clean. And, and some of you that have sinned have a hard time accepting that full cleansing. Jesus wants to say to you, you're clean. You're totally clean. I've already washed you. So it's like, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. But you're already clean. You're clean. Yeah, you still need to confess sin and repent of sin. There's that daily cleansing that we do when we confess sin. But when you're talking spiritually overall, you're clean. Jesus has cleaned you. And that's why he says, Peter, you're already clean although not every one of you, meaning Judas. There is one of you here that's not cleaned by me. And I'm not telling you who he is yet. Is Jesus what he's saying. Some of you just need to be like, no more shame. I've confessed my sin. I'm clean. And hear it from the words of Jesus. It makes me wonder if Peter thought about that word after his denial. I'm still clean. I'm still clean. And finally, number seven. Maybe this is the most obvious point of all. How do we serve one another? Uh, This is what we do. This is what the church does. We ought to be the most serving people around. That should be in our DNA. It should be in our blood. We are people who serve. And so Jesus says, a servant is not greater than his master. I've done this for you. Now I want you to do it for other, everybody else. Serve each other, church. Build each other up. When you find out someone has a need, think about how you might be able to meet that need. Do it. Serve people. Um, Christy, would you come up at this time? One of the... Uh, <clears throat> If I understand marriage correctly, according to Ephesians 5, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave himself up for her. It doesn't make husbands dictators. It makes them the chief servants of the family. 
It means they sacrifice for their family. They serve their family. They give direction to their family. They get the excellent input from their spouse and, 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 they, and they give direction together. But there's this thing God has given husbands to serve. And uh, this morning I'm going I'm to wash Christy's feet and uh, talk about what this means for us. Some churches, um, some churches do this as an ordinance. It's kind of like there's baptism, there's communion, and there's foot washing. Um, we don't hold to that. I don't think Jesus was instituting a rite. I believe he was instituting an example. That's my understanding. Can I have you turn to the side a little bit more on the chair, Christy? There we go. I think what Jesus understood is this, that all of us are going to be in need at some point. Let's put your feet in there. All of us are going to have needs. Typically, they're not of the foot washing variety because uh, usually we take showers. But there are times... There are times when people need their oil changed and they can't afford it. There are times when people are in nursing homes and they need people to visit them. Someone's got to visit them. Someone's got to watch children while, uh, babysit children while husbands and wives go on dates to uh, invest in their marriage. Someone's got to. Someone's got to uh, buy groceries for those that don't have enough food. Someone's got to uh, help another family move when they're, when they're moving somewhere. Someone's got to unload all that stuff. There's so many things that the church can do. Someone's got to rake the elderly person's yard. Someone's got to disciple kids whose parents are very absent. Someone has to foster children. Someone has to adopt them. There's just no end of needs in the world, and we see them. And we often say, this world is so messed up. People's feet stink. They're dirty, dung, and mud. And then we don't realize he's saying, you're the somebody that's going to do that. You're the one that's going to take care of that problem. I called you to do it. And you said, no, certainly there's somebody else. It's actually you. It's actually you. Worship team, would you come up at this time? I'm going to pray. And we're going to take an offering now. After the offering plate is passed, I would invite you, if you would like, to wash someone's feet. There's three stations in the front. This is totally voluntary. Nobody has to do this. Uh, If it feels awkward, that's fine. Don't do it. 
but there's a station in the middle of the pew here, the middle of the pew here, and the middle of the pew over here, the, the front pews. There's towels like this one, and there's basins. Foot washing's really simple. Um, you, just, you just take the basin of water, put the person's feet in it, just use your hand and, and cup some water over the feet, and then take the towel and dry them. That's it. If there's someone you would like to show them, to say to them, I am here to serve you and love you, then I invite you to tap them on the shoulder and tell them that and bring them up. Could be spouses. Could be friends. Could be parent to child. But if there's someone that you want to do that with, I invite you to come up. There's three stations. If nobody comes up, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I just want to give the opportunity. So we're going to take the offering at this time. And then if you'd like to come forward with somebody, please do that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, 